being in school, and one of my favorite classes was math class. Um, I don't know what you liked in school or if there were any classes you liked in school, but I remember walking into our math class one day. We were going to learn some kind of new principle. It had to do with like multiplication or something like that, and so our teacher started with the brain teaser. Maybe you've heard this brain teaser before, but it was the first time I heard it. He sat us down and he said, okay, I want you to take out a sheet of paper. He said, I want you to think about this. Would you rather someone give you $10,000 a day for 30 days or the other scenarios for 30 days, you start with the penny and it doubles every day, right? So first day you get one penny and then the next day you get two pennies and the third day four pennies and then, you know, the next day eight pennies. So it's kind of doubling every single day, right? So I'm sitting there and in my mind, I'm pretty good at math so I can immediately know, well, $10,000, 30 days, that's $300,000. And I'm in school, so $300,000 sounds like crazy, right? A a crazy amount. And I can't quickly in my mind figure out what is the penny a day, you know, doubling that. And so I chose the $10,000 a day, kind of in this make-believe scenario. If you've heard this brain teaser before or you may immediately kind of get it, there's the trick to it because the penny actually ends up being more. And so I mentioned that. If you get $10,000 a day, 30 days, $300,000. If you get a penny for a day and it starts to double and that multiplies every day, at the end of 30 days, you have $5,368,709.12. think that 12 cents is important there, you guys. Okay, but I mean, it's crazy to think you start with the penny and somehow through that multiplication process and it doubling every day at the end of 30 days, you end up with $5 million and change, and some change there. I mean, that's just a crazy amount. And I want to talk to you about that today, about a multiplying church, a multiplying church. What does it look like for God to make us a multiplying church? What does that mean to be a multiplying church? We're in this series, and we're starting this year talking about the church. And for these weeks, these few weeks here at the beginning of the year, I want to talk to you about what we should be passionate about, what God is calling us to. You saw in that opening video, we have some declarations as a church. And today that declaration is, we move forward. It means that we as a church, the body of Christ that God has called us to be, that we should not get so comfortable that we just kind of settle where we're at, that we should continue to grow spiritually We should continue to grow and reach our community. This is what God has called us to be. We want to be a church that moves forward. And this morning, when I talk to you about this, I don't want you to just think about a multiplying church. Well, that's us all together. I want you to think about how are you a multiplying church? In your individual lives, as you go into your workplace, how are you a multiplying church? Apart from our five-year vision or our five-year goal, which is, By 2025, we'll make 1,000 disciples across three NCC campuses. How are you living that out personally in your life? Because God has called you to move forward. God has not called you to just stay where you're at for the rest of your life spiritually. He wants you to continue to grow. And he wants you to take what is inside of you and to give that, to multiply that, to place that in others' lives. And so I want you to think about this morning, that this morning, What does it mean for you to be a multiplying church? How are you allowing God to use your life to multiply? This is what it should look like as a church. And I want to paint two scenarios here. One of my favorite animals is the majestic elephant, okay? These big African elephants. I don't know if you know this, but when an elephant gets pregnant, it takes 18 to 22 months for them 
to have a child. All the women in the room that have ever been pregnant are like, thank you that that's not our scenario because that's a really long time to carry a baby, okay? So the elephant, 18 to 20 months, and when it gives birth, it has a calf. That's what a baby elephant's called. And so it gives birth to one calf, okay? And, and that's pretty amazing. Like, those are pretty majestic, pretty big animals. But when I think about the church, this is more what I think about a rabbit. Now, if you know this, a rabbit can give birth every 28 to 43 days, and it can have up to 12 bunnies, okay? So in the amount of time that an elephant has one calf, a bunny or a rabbit can have up to almost 200 bunnies, okay? I mean, that's kind of crazy to think about, right? But there's something about kind of the, it's smaller, right? It's not as majestic or not as big, but it's really good at multiplication. And I think as the church, like, we need to be that kind of example of we're looking at God. How do we continue to multiply? How do we continue to reach those that you have placed around us? How do we make an impact with those that you have placed in our life? Once again, how are we being a multiplying church? Outside of Sunday morning. How am I taking, God, what you have placed in my life and pouring that into others, pouring that into what you have called us to be? And so I want to start with this this morning. Being a multiplying church means this, that a multiplying church is a connected and uncomfortable community. A multiplying church is a connected and uncomfortable community. Now, in a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about a connected community, so I don't want to focus on that as much, but... I want you to think about what does it mean to be uncomfortable because I think sometimes to be a multiplying church means we have to step outside of our comfort zone. For us, it's not always easy maybe to share our faith or to share what God's done in our life. It may not always be easy to have faith and pray for someone that's in need, a family member or a coworker that's maybe going through a divorce or they're facing a sickness. Like that takes a step of faith to get out of our comfort zone to pray, but in order to be a multiplying church, sometimes we have to get uncomfortable. Let me give you a picture of this, okay? Um, I have the most amazing wife in the world, okay? So let me just start with that disclaimer there. I am truly blessed. My wife is from the north, which means she loves the cold weather, okay? So right now in Texas, like, she is just content and happy, and she probably wishes there was some snow here, okay? Okay? But the difficult thing in our marriage is she brings that into um, our bedroom, okay? So our bedroom at night is like an Arctic wind blast, okay? She turns the heat down, like it's freezing in there. I don't want to get out of bed. And then on top of that, you guys, she takes a fan and points it right at our bed. And all night long, there's this fan blowing in our bed. So one of the most uncomfortable points in my day is every morning... Okay, I'll show you kind of my, my ritual here is I am wrapped like a burrito in my blanket in the morning, you guys, okay? So this is me in the morning, and there's like a minute where I'm telling myself I've got to get out of bed, but I know when I take off this blanket what's going to happen. I'm going to freeze, you guys, okay, because of how my wife likes the temperature. And so I don't want to move. I want to stay right here, but everything in my mind says, hey, I got to get up, have my personal time, like get ready for the day, all of those things that I have to do. But this is my comfort zone right here in the morning, okay? And throwing off this blanket is extremely uncomfortable in my bedroom, and that's how many of us are in the church, is we're right at that point. We know there's something more we're called to do. We know there's a point in which we have to step out 
and not just stay where we're at, but it's so difficult because of whatever those exterior circumstances are. But God has not called you to stay where you are. I need you to hear this, church. It doesn't matter if you've been serving God five days or 50 years. You are not called to stay where you are. You are called to be a multiplying church. You are called to continue to take what God has placed inside of you and continue to pass that on to others, to pour that into others. This has always been a problem with the church. If you have your Bibles, you can turn this morning to Acts chapter 8. And in case you've never read this, this is where the church is first starting, okay? In the beginning, in the book of Acts, we're getting a picture of the church starting. And so this is after Jesus has come, and he's already died on the cross, and he's been resurrected, and he's ascended back to heaven. And one of the last things he tells his disciples, um, kind of in a setting like this, he looks at them, and he says, I want you to wait because my spirit is going to be placed inside of you, and I'm going to give you power. So maybe you don't feel great on your own, but I'm going to be with you. And this is what he tells them. You're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem. So that's the city where they were at. Judea and Samaria. That was kind of the surrounding area. And then even to the ends of the earth. Okay, that's what he says to them. And then here's what happens is they get together. They pray. They're in a setting like this, probably singing some songs, praying, talking about what Jesus said. They get filled with God's spirit. And they start reaching other people. And then they get comfortable. And a lot of scholars and theologians don't know for how long, but it was way too long. They just stay in Jerusalem, right? Because they knew Jerusalem. Like they came together every morning and they saw familiar faces and they got out of their seats and they shook someone's hand and said, hey, it's good to see you again here on Sunday morning. And then they went back and they did what they always did because it was comfortable. And it wasn't until tragedy actually happened in the church and something pushed them out of their comfort zone, that they begin to feel, fulfill what Jesus said. And this is what happens in Acts chapter 8, verse 1. It says, On that day a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. So they have God's power living in them, right? God's equipped them. Jesus said, this is what you're going to do, and then this is what they do. They just sit down. They kind of get used to what they're familiar with. And what Christ has called them to do, they don't continue to fulfill that until something happens that makes them uncomfortable. And this is the similar way it is with us. Is it is easy, you guys, to say, yes, I serve a God that loves me. I serve a God that takes care of me. He's with me. And then not to do what he has called us to do. But we are called to be a multiplying church. You are called to take Jesus into your workplace. You are called to take Jesus to your family members that need him. You are called to take Jesus to your classmates and in that classroom and wherever you're at, wherever God has called you into your neighborhood, you are called to be a multiplying church. That means you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. And it means you're going to have to do what Jesus has told us to do, to go into the world and to share his love with people around us. And it takes getting uncomfortable. A multiplying church is an uncomfortable community at times. And in Acts chapter 13, verse 2, we see this. I love this. While the church was together, they're worshiping the Lord and they're fasting. The Holy Spirit said this, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. 
So after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and they sent them off. This started to become the normal thing in the church. Is that God began to send out people from the church to make an impact on the places around them where he was calling them to go. And this wasn't unusual. Like you continue to read through the book of Acts and this is happening because people are responding to what God is calling them to do in their life. This becomes the normal thing is they kind of get uncomfortable. But they're saying, I'm okay with that, Jesus, because I'm on mission with you. I'm on mission with you. And church, that's what I want you to remember is you're on mission with Jesus. Not just when you show up here on a Sunday morning. Not just when the church does a large event and we say, hey, let's go serve the homeless together in Dallas. You're on mission with Jesus every single day of your life. You're on mission with Jesus when you walk into your workplace. You're on mission with Jesus when you have family members over for a meal. You're on mission with Jesus 24-7. He did not just save you so that you could keep all of that to yourself. He saved you to be a multiplying church. He saved you so that you could share what he's doing in your life with other people around you that need to understand the love of God. This is what you and I have been called to. And that means sometimes we have to be uncomfortable. It means sometimes we have to step outside of our comfort zone and do what Jesus has called us to do. What does that look like together while we're corporately? Well, we've just done that. We've taken about 60-some people and we've prayed over them and sent them out as they're getting ready to launch the Forney campus. And so that's a part of that. But let me tell you another part of that. I am praying that in this church, God would raise up people that would even go to other parts of the world. That we would be so obedient that if Jesus said, hey, I'm supposed to sell my house and I'm supposed to move somewhere else because I'm on mission with Jesus, because I understand being a multiplying church, I would say, okay, I'm in, God. What do you want from me? Because I am in. I understand I'm with you on this mission that you have called me to be a part of. But it also means this, not only selling what I have and maybe moving to another country, it means going into my workplace and when someone starts to share, I'm hurting, for me to begin to share the love of God with them. That's what it means. And that's just as uncomfortable for some of us as thinking about selling our stuff and moving to some other country. It's just as uncomfortable to think about, Lord, I don't feel confident in sharing who you are. I don't know the Bible that well. Like, I don't know if I can do that, but that's what Christ has called us to do. That's what it means to be a multiplying church. Sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable for you. But you're on mission with Jesus to say, God, what you are doing, Lord, I want to be a part of that. You guys, we need more multiplying churches. I shared this with the staff in one of our first meetings where we were praying together in this room um, of this year that right now in the United States, we have just as many churches closing as we do opening. That's in a dangerous place to be that we're just stagnant as the church here in America, we need more churches reaching more people. We need to be in more communities where individuals are hurting, where they have a need, where we can display and share the love of Christ with them. This is the kind of church that we need to be. Christ has called us to be a multiplying church. A multiplying church also means this. A multiplying church is a place where gifts are recognized and where everyone is using their gifts. A multiplying church means this, that... 
We are a church where gifts are recognized and where everyone is using their gifts. So let me just stop and do this, okay? I want you to take a couple of quick seconds. I'm going to keep talking. But in your mind, I want you to stop and think, what am I best at? Now, not me. Think about that for yourselves, okay? So I want you to think in your life, what are you best at? Like, what's a gift in your life? What are you really good at, okay? So stop for a second. Think about that. There may be a few things, okay? Maybe you're one of those really gifted people. You're just great at a lot of stuff, but pick one of them, okay? And then I want you to turn to someone next to you, and I want you to brag on yourself and tell them what you're really good at, okay? So go ahead and do that right now. Maybe someone behind you, maybe someone in front of you, sitting next to you, okay? Everyone do that. Share with each other. Okay, hopefully both of you got to share what you're good at, what they're good at, okay? I know for some of us that is hard, but the scripture encourages us we need to recognize the gifts in our lives. And some of you just sat there like you don't have a gift, but I'm telling you, you have a gift. Maybe you were too scared to share that with someone else. You don't like bragging on yourself, but I'm telling you, you have a gift in your life. Look at what 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 4 says in And if you don't have your Bible, you may want to write some of these down or you can open up the NCC app and these sermon notes are in there. But this is good to reflect on. This is what 1 Corinthians 12, 4 says. Paul, the writer of this letter, he's writing to a church just like ours in the city of Corinth. And this is what he's writing to them. He's saying there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but there's the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and in every one. So if you have your Bibles, you can highlight that. In every one, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So Paul's writing to a group of believers, Jesus followers, just like us right here this morning. And this is what he's telling them. Each of you have a gift. You may sit in a service and not want to share that with someone else. You may not want to brag about yourself. But Paul's bragging about you and he's saying you have a gift in your life. There is something God has placed inside of you that is unique to you. And it is meant to be used to help the body to grow. To help others. What does he say? It's for the common good. Okay? So it's meant to help everyone increase in their faith. It's meant to help others connect with God. It's meant to serve others that are in need, others that are hurting. God has placed something in your life that you are meant to share with the body of Christ. And to be a multiplying church means that each of us have to do that. We cannot be the church that God has called us to be by a handful of people just trying to do it all. We need each and every one of you. The desire that we had and that we've been praying for as we continue to multiply all these different campuses is we're going to need more people to step up and use their gifts. We need more people that are saying, hey, I'm not willing to just come on a Sunday morning and sit, but I'm going to come on a Sunday morning and I'm going to serve. I'm going to use what God has placed in my life to encourage others, to grow others, to develop others in their life. Like that's what I want to do. God has placed a gift in your life. How are you using that to be a multiplying church?
How are you using that to grow or to serve others that are in need? And I want to be clear here. We're recognizing gifts. This is not, well, Aaron, you have a gift because you stand up on stage and talk to us about God's word. Or, well, there are a few people with gifts because they have really good voices and they can sing or play an instrument. You have a gift. There are an amazing amount of people that show up here early on a Sunday morning before any of us get here, and their gift is hospitality, and they make sure this place is clean and organized, and there's coffee out for us, and everything is ready so we can come in here and worship. There are some amazing people who aren't seen a lot, but they have a gift to disciple young children. And right now, while we're worshiping together, they're with kids and babies, helping them to understand and to know the love of God and to understand the scripture from a very young age. Their gift is amazing, and they're never up here on stage. And a lot of us never really see what they're doing, but they're using their gifts to impact others. Some of you are amazing cooks, okay? You have some great recipes in your arsenal, and you need to use that for the kingdom of God. Because there are times when this church body is in the hospital, or when people are having a baby, or when they move, or when they're going through a difficult time, and your food can be the love of Jesus to them. It can be. Some of you are amazing teachers, and you're not using that gift anywhere in the church. Like, you're great at that. Some of you have an awesome marriage, or you've been a great parent, and there are other young people that need your experience. They need what you've walked through. They need even some of the difficulties and the mistakes that you've gone through to disciple them and to grow them and to help them be better in their lives. Do you guys understand this? All of us have gifts in this room. The question is, are we using it to multiply the church? Are we using it to be what God has called us to be? Paul is saying this, each of you, God has placed something in your life. How are you using that to grow others? How are you using that to impact the kingdom of God? This is what Christ has called us to do. A multiplying church is a church that, where gifts are recognized and where everyone is using their gifts. So I want to encourage you, church, whatever that gift is, find a way to use it, both here on Sundays, but also all throughout the week to minister to people that God has placed around you. The last thing is this, a multiplying church is a reflection of Yahweh's heart for the disconnected. A multiplying church is a reflection of Yahweh's heart for the disconnected. This is what that means, is God is passionate about people who don't know him yet. Like he, he loves us so tremendously. And as a follower of Jesus, I am called to reflect that heart. I want to be very clear with you. Once again, Jesus did not save you just so you would not go to hell. He has called you to be on mission with him. He has called you for a purpose. And how selfish would that be for us to experience the love of God and never share that with another individual? Or to say, God, you've rescued me from my addictions and from my brokenness and all of this mess that I have over here. And so now I'm good, so I guess that's it. And never reach out to someone else that's hurting or that's going through what we've been through. Christ has called us to reflect God's heart for the lost. This is the heart of God. Jesus talks about this, once again, in Luke chapter 15, verse 10. And this is from the message, so this is a paraphrase of the scripture, but it reads like this. Imagine a woman who has ten coins, and she loses one. 
Won't she light a lamp and scurry the house and look in every nook and cranny until she finds it? And when she finds it, you can be sure she'll call her friends and her neighbors and she'll say, celebrate with me. I have found my lost coin. Count on it. That's the kind of party God's angels throw every time one lost soul turns to God. Jesus is giving us a picture of what heaven looks like when people are coming back to God. And he said, it is a party. It's a celebration, okay? This is what God is like. And so maybe you have in your mind a God that's mad. And when someone prays and asks for forgiveness, God's like, well, I guess I got to forgive them, right? Or he's upset and he's like, well, I got to let one more person into heaven. Jesus says, no, it's totally different. He's throwing a party and he's celebrating and the angels are dancing and they're singing because this is God's heart. His heart is for the one that is lost or disconnected. And so many of us in this room, we have experienced God's salvation. You guys, we don't want to be the kind of church that's just holding that in for ourselves. We want to share that with others. In Luke chapter 19, verse 10, Jesus says this, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. A lot of of Bible scholars believe the life of Jesus is summed up in this one verse. This is his life statement. He's saying, the whole reason that I came was to find those that are disconnected from God and bring them back into relationship with God. And if we call ourselves Christians, we call ourselves Christ followers, this is what our life should look like. Our life should reflect this as well. Let me close with this picture here. I heard a pastor share this one time and this illustration stuck with me. Um, For any of you that have kids, maybe you can relate or if you're an aunt or an uncle or you've been around um, little kids. He said, imagine walking into the room and there's a basket of laundry there. And you turn to your son or your daughter and you're like, hey, could you help me fold this laundry? And then you walk out, right? And you're going to do something and you walk back in the room and the laundry's not folded. He's like, you may be a little frustrated. But imagine if your son or daughter, when you walk back in the room, they just run up and they're like, mommy, daddy, I love you so much, like you're so great. And you're like, okay, thanks, but can you fold this laundry? And they're like, but dad, I'm going to sing you this song and I've written you this really song about how awesome your love is and how good you are. And you're like, but I need you to fold the laundry. But dad, I can read these birthday cards you wrote me and all of these amazing things you've said about how great I am. And you're like, okay, that's awesome, but can you fold the laundry? And at some point, that's going to be really frustrating, isn't it? Like, you want your kids to love you. You love all of the hugs and kisses. But at some point, they've got to do what you've said. And some of us are really good at singing God songs and reading the letters that he's written to us. And yet, we're not doing what he asks us to do. And he loves us, you guys. He does. He's so amazing. And he's so kind and he's so patient with us. But there's still something he's asked us to do. And he said, I want you to be a multiplying church. And I put people around you who don't understand my love yet. And you're a reflection of God's love to them. And I place people in your life that are hurting. And they're fighting things in their life. And their life is broken and it's a mess. And so many times we're like, I don't want to get involved in that because it's just craziness. And Jesus has placed you there for a reason. Students, you're in that classroom for a reason. You're on that basketball team or that baseball team or that soccer team. 
You're there on purpose, not on accident. God has put you there because others need to understand the love of God. Adults, you are not just in that workplace to get a paycheck. You are there because there are people that need to understand the love of God. You are called to be on mission with Jesus. That's the calling that we have. That's what it looks like to be a multiplying church. We have to do what Christ has called us to do. And so I want to pray for us this morning. If you'd maybe take a second and bow your head and close your eyes. You may be here and say, Aaron, I don't feel like I'm a part of the church. Maybe you're disconnected from Christ or from the church. Maybe you're joining us online for the first time. Someone invited you or you saw an ad and so you joined us. And I want you to know this morning, God's heart is for you. He loves you. The Bible's clear. Jesus came and gave his life. He was born here on this earth. He walked here to teach us about the love of God. He died, not for his mistakes, but for ours, for your sin and for my sin, so that we could be brought back into a right relationship with God. And it's simply accepting his gift. And so I'm going to lead us in this prayer, and that's what this prayer just acknowledges is, God, I've messed up on my own, and I can't fix my life by myself. Jesus, I need your forgiveness. I want you to be a part of my life. And so as I pray this, if that's you and you're like, I'm disconnected from Christ, I want you, I want to invite you to pray this with me. But I want to ask that everyone in this room, if we would say this prayer together out loud, because we don't want anyone praying this alone. So let's pray this together. Jesus, I come to you. And I know that I've messed up. I admit that I've sinned. And I want your forgiveness. So this morning, I invite you into my life. Be the Savior of my life. Be the Lord of my life. Give me a brand new start. I pray this in your name. Amen. Now, church, can you just put your hands together and celebrate? Because we just read that this morning, that heaven is celebrating when even one person takes that step and says, God, I want to be in a relationship with you. And admits, Lord, I've messed up, but God, I'm coming back to you. And so if that's you, we are so excited for you. The Bible says that heaven is celebrating, and we're celebrating with you. And we, we don't want you to do this alone. So there's a really simple step this morning that you can take to let us know, hey, I prayed that prayer, and you can go to newcommunity.co slash connect track. And so this is a class we have a couple of times a month, and we want to help you as you're starting your relationship with God, or maybe you're reconnecting with the church, and this is a great way to find out how do I connect here at NCC. And so if this is you, you can just go on there, follow that link. We talk about what does it mean to have a relationship with Jesus? What does it mean when we talk about God saving us from our sins? And, and so we want to encourage you and help you as you begin to follow Christ in your life. And for all of us, there's some action steps that I want to encourage us to take as we're hearing this message this morning of how do we be a multiplying church? The first is this, is how can you use the gifts that God has placed in your life to serve the church? If you're not currently using what God has placed in you, you're missing out on being a multiplying church. Some of you, maybe there's times in the past where you've served, but you're like, I just got too busy, things got too crazy. Step up and begin to serve. Use what God has placed in your life to make an impact with others. And so you can email us, you can talk to one of the pastors, you can talk to someone on a lanyard of, hey, I'd like to join a team. 
How about this? Take an invite card and invite someone to be a part of what NCC is doing, what God is doing here. It may be through a conversation that you have this week, maybe going out to eat and you give that to the waiter or the waitress and just invite them to be a part. Let's reflect God's heart for the disconnected this week. And so there are simple things that we can do, but church, I want to challenge you with this. Be a multiplying church. Be a church that's reflecting God's heart. Use what God has placed in your life to minister to others. Let me pray for all of us this morning and I want to invite you to pray with me, but this time don't repeat after me. Just in your own words, would you just have a conversation with God? And You don't have to say anything special, but just say, Lord, help me to be a multiplying church. Help me to use what you've placed inside of me to minister to others. Let's pray this morning. God, this is the kind of church we want to be. We have experienced your love. We've experienced your salvation, God. And Lord, we want to multiply that. We want others to experience that too. And so help us this week as we go into our workplace, Lord. Help us as we're around family members that are hurting. Help us, Lord, as we're in our classrooms or maybe at a sports activity, Lord. Help us to reach others. God, help us to use what you've placed in our life to minister to others, those gifts that you've placed inside of us, Lord. We want to build up your body, Lord. We want to help build your kingdom, Lord, by using what you've placed in our lives. So let us be that kind of church, God, that's building your kingdom. Holy Spirit, work and move through us, Lord, and let us see our community change. We pray this in your name. Amen.